Beltone Hearing Aid Center presents The Drive. Ready? The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Wednesday, October 10th edition. The Drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center. Coming up this hour, I'm going to talk to the radio voice of Old Dominion, Ted Alexander. So he's coming on the program about 5.15. We'll also make time for your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Do want to pass on one traffic note in the Huntington area. Westbound I-64 closed Merritt's Creek to East Huntington. There was an accident up there, a multi-car accident, so they're estimating about another hour or so. So we'll pass along any updates we get this hour. So let's talk about Thundering Herd. That's coming up Saturday against Old Dominion, and so we'll talk here in a few minutes with Ted Alexander. Looking forward to that. Ted, if you're not familiar with him, graduate of Bethany College. So uh, there's always a West Virginia connection somewhere in all these conversations we have. So looking forward to talking to him this hour. And, of course, we have got a light night in sports, but that's only because baseball's over until a couple of days from now. We don't have action to give you on Friday because we got high school football, high school football Friday night, but baseball playoffs starting back up here in a couple of days, and we'll have most of that action either on Cat Sports in 93.3 and 1340 or right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'll tell you one game we're going to have. That's, of course, the Bengals taking on the Steelers. That's a Sunday affair. I'm looking forward to that. It's a great time of year for me, twice a year, where the majority of the people that I call friends, all of a sudden I question why I'm their friend. It's that one time of the year, happens twice a year, where I just question why am I friends with this person. And those people know who they are. They're Steelers fans. And, of course, any other time of the year, I kind of like you guys. Maybe not this weekend. Maybe in a few more weeks I don't like you again. But right now, October 14th is the day I don't like you. And also, let's circle December 30th as a day I don't like you as well. Other than that, we can be friends. Maybe. Some news coming out of the Bengals camp today. They signed tight end Matt Lingle off of Houston's practice squad. So trying to beef up the tight end position there. Thundering Herd, a light week so far in the Olympic sports. But yesterday, the soccer team beat Purdue Fort Wayne 3-0. So Marshall now improves to 4-5-2. They're playing a tough schedule. Purdue Fort Wayne falls to 6-6-1. But still, good news for the soccer team. I think they're playing a pretty tough schedule there. Uh, things are going to definitely uh, be a little tighter in Conference USA for them. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the NFL... Dropping a fine on Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Steelers, $25,000 for his critical comments after Sunday's 41-17 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. So he's a little lighter in the pocket now. Tomlin wasn't really uh, happy with a couple of uh, calls. Uh, He was pretty ticked off, actually, about the two roughing the passer penalties that were called in the game. One on T.J. Watt, the other on Joe Bostic. So uh, he expressed himself. He voiced his opinion. Can't do that. NFL thought, you know, you're going to have to. uh, You can say those things, 
it's going to cost you, and here's what it's going to cost you. Here it is. You can pay up front. We'll take that and check. Money order. However you want to pay. No, not Bitcoin, but we'll take it in any other form. It's basically the note that the NFL, I'm sure, dropped off to Mike Tomlin's office. Here you go. You can say what you like to say, and every time you say that, we're going to drop one of these little uh, little receipts off for you. Sign here. You're going to be uh, $25,000 uh, poorer. Man, there's some people in the state of West Virginia don't even make $25,000 a year. And this guy's just been hit with this. And, okay, you can pay that. You can't be critical of the officials. Can't be critical. That's going to cost you. And he can afford it, but at the same time, he's a little um, he's going to be a little short of walking around money. I don't think you're going to be seeing him picking up the tab uh, in Cincinnati, any restaurant anytime soon, uh, especially not this weekend. So, speaking of the Bengals, really didn't touch on this yesterday, but flex time for the Bengals. Cincinnati at Kansas City. That was going to be a 1 o'clock game on the 21st. We were going to have that for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And guess what? We still are. But it's going to be a little bit later now because with the flexing that happens in the NFL, I think this is the earliest I've seen a flex. The 49ers and the Rams, they were going to meet in Week 7. They got flexed out of NBC's Sunday night football schedule. So now they're going to be on the 425 window. They're going to be on CBS. NBC, they pick up the Bengals and Chiefs. So what's that mean? That means you're going to see a lot of Kansas City because they are a hot team. And you're going to see more prime time of them, I'm sure. But Pittsburgh, Cincinnati... Thankfully, not flexed. That's going to be a 1 o'clock start, and you're going to see the Bengals primetime against Kansas City. Looking forward to that. So I'm excited. We're going to have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And as I mentioned, it's a light sports night, but if you're not a hockey fan, you got nothing to watch. If you're a hockey fan like me, you got a big one tonight. Vegas taking on Washington. Rematch. The Stanley Cup, NBC Sports Network, 8 o'clock tonight. It's their rebranded Wednesday night hockey. If you watched along last year, those of you who follow hockey like myself, it was Wednesday night rivals. That's how they branded it. A lot of the matchups weren't really rivalry games. So scratch your head. You're thinking, that's not a rivalry. Why are they calling that a rivalry game? So they've rebranded Wednesday night hockey Vegas and Washington, that's a really good matchup to see just because the immediate history between these two. Vegas doesn't have that much history, but their Stanley Cup history includes Washington, who won the Cup. I like the concept. They're going to be showing more games that might be more interesting. You might see some Canadian matchups, and I think you're going to soon. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. I want to see the best hockey. Wednesday night, not much going on. You don't have Maxion taking the airwaves just yet, taking up every available slot on your television dial, every available position that's not traditional football night. So what are you going to do on a Wednesday night? You don't have baseball. You're going to watch Wednesday night hockey. Vegas, Washington, 8 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. When we come back from break, we're going to talk 
Marshall and Old Dominion. We've got Ted Alexander joining us, and we'll catch up with him and get a preview of the Thundering Herd taking on the Old Dominion Monarchs when we continue with this edition of The Drive. We are presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up, Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center. Welcome back. Paul Swan, your host here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Joining me now on the program, we want to welcome to the show the play-by-play voice of Old Dominion University. Also, he's the pride of Bethany College, Ted Alexander. Ted, how are you doing this evening? Great to be on the Mountain State once again. Happy Marshall Week, everybody. This is a fun one. I think this is uh, becoming more and more of a, a fun rivalry between the two schools. Winning a couple years ago didn't hurt the Old Dominion cause of making this a rivalry. And by all indications, Marshall is going into a situation where the best one-win team in the country is waiting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it's wonderful to have that one win. Unfortunately, you've played six games. And unfortunately, the consistency just hasn't been there thus far for Old Dominion. A couple of plays here and there, and every football team can say that, but a couple of plays here and there it would be a much different season. But it is what it is, as they say, and we're uh, looking forward to seeing the herd in here on Saturday. How has uh, Old Dominion, I guess, tackled the fact that on film, a lot of the Marshall players, a lot of coaches from other schools, a lot of teams would say, hey, this team, we don't understand why the record is this way. They're really good. And if you don't look at that record, you think, hey, this is a team that has a lot of wins. How is Old Dominion coping with the fact that we've got a pretty good thing going on here, we just can't get the wins in the win column? Well, I think what they're realizing is that you need to execute for 60 minutes. You can't have letdowns at crunch time. You need to get off the field on third down. You need to take care of the football yourself. You need to make the plays in the red zone. All those little tiny grains of sand form a beach, and the Monarchs haven't uh, done that often enough here in 2018. So this one's, uh, I think, an important game from both. Marshall wants to stay in the Conference USA East Division race. Old Dominion just wants to survive and stay alive because pretty soon you're going to run out of games and opportunities to uh, be bowl eligible. And if losing the Marshalls probably uh, mission one right now to – to even realize that dream. So this is probably going to be one of the closer, chippier games. Maybe not nasty, but I'm sure both teams are going to get after it on Saturday. Well, if you look at the ingredients necessary to make a a decent rivalry, you've got to have both teams who've had success, and the Monarchs finally beat the herd a couple of years ago. And you've got to have uh, some proximity, and you've got to have a little bit of funkiness here and there, and you've got to have people, uh, these two teams, playing with a lot on the line. Now, when you can sit there and say, hey, if you lose this, you're just about cooked when it comes to a bowl, that's enough on the line for the Monarchs. I know that. And, and when you've got Marshall seemingly year in and year out competing for a conference championship, and they're uh, at this point on the outside looking in, you know they're going to be hungry. So it adds, adds up to what looks like a pretty good matchup. But the interesting thing about the matchup between the Monarchs and the Herd is the fact that none of the games between the two have been close. Nobody's won by less than 20. That's an interesting point because you would think the way that Marshall's defense has been, that's probably been the better component of of the Thundering Herd the last few years. We know that the Monarchs are going to put it up. They're going to light it up. 
Uh, you would think maybe there would be some middle ground here, but you're right. That's an interesting point. That really hasn't been a, a series where uh, it's been tight games. It's been, all right, one just beat the other. Which just shows you how important it is to get off to the good start, to protect the football, to not miss tackles, do those types of things. And we realized that uh, a couple of years ago when the herd came in, and ironically, after that win, the Monarchs secured uh, a bowl position uh, for the first time in their history. So, so that was a huge win for Old Dominion. But overall, we realized that was the exception rather than the rule when it comes to Marshall and, and Doc Holliday's teams. They're always good, and they're always tough, and they're always scrappy, and they're always going to take you all 60 minutes. And it's going to be just another true test for Old Dominion this Saturday when it comes to putting together the four quarters that's going to be necessary to compete. What was your impression of the Marshall-Middle-Tennessee game? You get a situation where your starting quarterback can't play, so you put a quarterback in who hasn't played in a couple of years. And uh, Thompson, I thought, was um, was rusty-looking, admirable performance, but you really could tell that he hadn't seen a real football game in a couple of years. And and then you've got a a situation where you got a veteran quarterback likes to throw, found success against the Thundering Herd. But what did you see as an outsider just looking at this one? Well, I, I think you saw a, a team that was scrambling to get the quarterback up to altitude and speed as, as quickly as possible. It's difficult. I mean, Green was uh, playing very nicely, a couple extra picks here and there, but uh, uh, Green was playing nicely. But, you know, you still got the weapons in there. Stockstill and, and uh, his son are, are really good. It's, it's amazing that he's still there. It seems like he's been at uh, Middle Tennessee for 30 years. Uh, but they're really good, and, and they are a tough team. They knocked off FAU the week before. So when they scramble and claw and, and are able to have success on the road, it can't be a surprise. And the Herd fans shouldn't be surprised by it. Disappointed, yes, but injuries pop up there. you got to play the next man in, and, uh, and they hope that the experience Thompson got against the Blue Raiders will help them Saturday here in Norfolk. But that's got to be, I'm sure, where the defense is looking at, okay, we've got a guy back there. He's got one game in in the last two years, sort of early the way that Isaiah Green was treated by opposing defenses. Try to get this kid off kilter, get him in a situation where he's making mistakes. And then on the Old Dominion side, you've got a quarterback who – has fought his way back and has re-earned his position, and you know that he's excited to be back there, but at the same time, he sort of had to prove why he deserves to be back there. So it's really interesting the two different quarterbacks are going to see on Saturday. Well, the thing about the quarterback position, and of course Bobby Wilder is a former quarterback himself at, at Maine, uh, you got to produce. And injuries aside, if you aren't producing – you need to uh, look in the mirror and try and make the adjustments. And if you still aren't producing, you got to find somebody who can produce. And that's what happened with uh, Stephen Williams. He just, you know, he, he missed some open targets. Certainly not all his fault. The the first couple of games, but uh, missed some opportunities. Blake comes in against Virginia Tech. His first play was a drop back pass from his own one yard line against the Hokies. Second series of the game, he completes it for 30 yards to Fulgham. He was off to a 500 yard day and a, and a life changing performance. But you never know when your number is going to get called. But in this game, in this day and age, you got to be able to produce. And LaRusse has done a pretty good job of it. Now, wisely enough, he's not the f- single focus for a lot of the defensive players. Talking to Chase Hancock yesterday, and he was asked about the running back. And of course, we're talking about Cox. And his, uh, his initial impression was big. Big, big dude. Is that a fair impression? Yeah. Uh, that's 
That's that's uh, certainly a fair impression. Six feet, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. He's 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 built like granite. He's had a bit of an ankle. Didn't play the second half against FAU. Keyshawn Strong has been fighting through a hamstring injury pretty much all season long. Went for his best game as a monarch last week down in Boca Raton with four touchdowns and shows some speed. If they're going to do the uh, lightning and thunder cliche, you've got Cox as the thunder, Strong as the lightning. We'll see if Jeremy can go on Saturday. What's your impression? What's the Old Dominion impression of this Marshall team? They're a team that looks good at stopping the run, but passing-wise, this could be where Old Dominion just thrives all day long. Well, they've got to uh, protect uh, the quarterback. Uh, nine sacks a couple of weeks ago uh, of Blake LaRusso, who's not as mobile as Stephen Williams. That's one of his downsides. He's shifty. He has, has some athleticism, but he's not as mobile as Williams. And they've got to protect him, give him time to get it to the big wide receivers. Now, you talk about uh, targets that you're going to want to put out there. Jonathan Duhart, 6'3", 210. Travis Fulgham, 6'3", 215, both having wonderful seasons. And I think, you know, oftentimes we talk about the matchups. What about the Monarchs and the Herd? For Old Dominion, at 1-5, and five, it's all about them figuring themselves out and figuring out a way to execute and make plays at home when you've got the second half of the season coming. No disrespect to Marshall at all. It's a good team. That run defense is unbelievable. Uh, but for the Monarchs, they've got to figure out how to tie their own shoes before they look at the neighbors. Tell Alexander is joining us, play-by-play voice of the Monarchs, and, of course, a, uh, a proud member of the alumni of uh, Bethany College. So uh, I'm sure you get asked about that a lot. You know, you've, you've been all over the place. You've been in West Virginia. You went to Bethany. So you've got some experience with the area as well, so I'm sure it's always fun for you to come back. Not this season, though, until basketball, but still always fun to come back to West Virginia or at least play Marshall. You know, when you're in a broadcasting career, you're going to bounce around. But I, I went to school at Bethany, first job in, in uh, Wheeling, next job, and I met my wife in Morgantown. And I, I, just, I just love West Virginia, and I love West Virginians. And it's always fun to just come back because as soon as you either get into the state or face those who live there and have the pride of that mountain state, you just, you just have that special feeling. And I have nothing but great memories of the mountain state. Uh, of course, a couple of uh, basketball and football games against Marshall have, uh, have tainted them just a bit, but still, the, the people are just wonderful. I don't know. I think it's been fun that finally, over these last few years, you've got opponents on your schedule. This is a drivable game for most. This is, a, a, this is what Conference USA is needed, and Old Dominion to come in with so much potential. Oh, no doubt about it. Conference USA needs drivable games. That's why we need to make the, the Old Dominion-Marshall rivalry a good one the old dominion charlotte one a good one because after that you're jumping on a plane and it's hard for fans who make the decision when they go to bed friday night you know what i want to go to the ball game right i want to make a trip to see how that herd is doing you know you, you need people to be able to do that without putting the entire piggy bank into a, a lockbox for six months saving up for it. unfortunately we're not going to see the basketball rivalry grow maybe as fast as I would like to because the Thundering Herd plays I'm looking at the schedule now I just want to refresh myself at Old Dominion on January 3rd and then that's it we don't see Old Dominion and they'll possibly uh, in a uh, a final game and that pod scheduling that the conference is going to do and then maybe the Conference USA tournament so uh, when I've been talking to guys like yourself uh, over the last few weeks I just kind of want to get the feel basketball's big at Old Dominion Conference USA is trying to increase the profile. How do you feel about those last few weeks where 
you don't know what the schedule is going to be until we've got the standings locked down. I think it's a great idea. I love the idea. I think it's thinking out of, out of the box. I think a lot of people look down their noses at Conference USA for doing it. But, hey, if you're a mid-major league and you're getting screwed by the NCAA selection committee each and every year, you've got to think out of the box. And I love the idea of having the teams in the top pod not foul up their RPIs by playing teams at the bottom. And let's face it, some Conference USA teams that struggle year in, year out, don't do very good at the non-conference scheduling. Their RPI is in the dumper. And so you don't want to ruin your schedule if you have a good team and your RPI if you have a good team by playing those teams down the stretch. Let's hope it works out. Let's hope the best teams are in that top pod. Let's hope it's a dogfight. Let's hope it's almost like fighting for the wild card playoff position in, in baseball when they added the extra one. And let's hope it works out because mid-major conferences have to do something and at least Conference USA is trying something. I guess the good news is Charlotte's still there for you as a travel partner, so you get to see them at a home-and-home basis. But if you're Western Kentucky, all of a sudden you don't see Middle Tennessee but once unless they're in the same pod, and then you might get a third shot at them in the Conference USA tournament. So there is that drawback that maybe you're losing a couple of matchups regular season until the very end that you're kind of fond of seeing on a yearly basis because – I like seeing Old Dominion in basketball. I like seeing Charlotte in basketball, probably more so than football, just because I know Old Dominion and Charlotte, strong basketball history there, and it's just fun to see a team more than once. Oh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. There are drawbacks to this, this plan, but you hope that the, uh, the new idea will work out with a, a little bit more heated contest uh, in those final four games with a lot on the line and teams really scratching and clawing. And hopefully that's a way to jumpstart some rivalries, be it Old Dominion Marshall, Marshall with anybody else, or the Monarchs with anybody else. I'm just looking forward to seeing how it unfolds. Let's give it a shot. You know, Remember, we've been a one-bid league in the NCAA tournament for quite a while, and Middle Tennessee, who goes out there and wins the regular season championship last year but gets upset at the conference tournament, they get bounced from the NCAA dance. They should have been in there. Uh, let's hope this helps prevent that from happening again. Joining us on the program, the play-by-play voice of Old Dominion, Ted Alexander, is with us. And As much as I'm excited for this football game, more so for basketball, just because of everything you said I'm in total agreement with you. I think uh, thinking out of the box is going to be great for this league. And you know, maybe we'll see this in other sports as well, just uh, trying to uh, generate a little bit more heat and a little bit more notoriety. I know it's more important in basketball because you're right. Middle should have got a little bit more consideration. And I'm sure when Old Dominion made the move to Conference USA, hoping that basketball would be stronger here as well because that's very important still to this day to Old Dominion. Oh, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, let's face it, uh, uh, the circumstances around the jump to FBS football in Conference USA, the, the league looked a little bit differently with the ECUs and the Memphises and the Houstons of the world. Uh, but, but, no, the more we can do to get all boats rising will be good for the conference tide. And I think that's, that's the key thing here. We want to establish rivalries. And, again, you talk about what makes a rivalry. Having some heated contests with a lot on the line is a first, good first step. So how's the weather looking? I know if you heard fans, a little concerned that the uh, weather's not going to be uh, as as good as it should be. Uh, tomorrow we're probably going to get uh, wind and heavy rain, heavy wind as well, from about noontime until noon or so on Friday. After that, things should start clearing up. And come game day, uh, I don't know how soggy we'll be, but it should be gorgeous out there. Temperatures are uh, cool for around here. 
probably right in the in the herd wheelhouse, high around 69 expected Saturday. Plenty of time to come see the football game. And, you know, the Hampton Road Admirals have been really smart pointing the fact out that there's a couple Marshall people on the staff and come see the Hampton Road Admirals or the, the Admirals play. Get us into hockey season there. Well done. I haven't seen an Admirals game since they played the Huntington Blizzard, so I wish I could make this trip because I would love to see uh, some minor league East Coast Hockey League. Are they even still in the East Coast Hockey League? That's how long I haven't seen an Admirals game. They are in the East Coast Hockey League, yes, indeed. And the, the great thing, and I know a lot of Marshall fans do this, and I take my hat off to them because they've taken up a lot of their allot- ticket allotment here, and they're making a little journey. And, and half the fun of being a, a college sports fan is not only following your team and, and supporting your team, but finding new areas to go visit and, and areas that you find that you like. You go back there and, and make memories there that are surrounded by your team's activities. But it's nice when you can get on the road and go and have some fun, and, and we hope a lot of we'll see a lot of green here this weekend. Looking forward to it as well. This is one of those road trips I wish I could make. Unfortunately, I can't, but uh, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it, and uh, can't wait for basketball season. We'll get you back on, and we'll preview that one. But, uh, Ted, good talking to you, and uh, we'll do it again real soon. My pleasure. Have a great one. Thank you, sir. That is Ted Alexander joining us as the Thundering Herd getting ready for Old Dominion. We're going to take our next break. Come back. We'll get your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of the program. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 coming up this week. Tomorrow's a big day because we've got Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. They'll be live at Fat Patties in Huntington, and they're going to go first. They're the warm-up act. They're like the warm-up band for the Doc Holiday call-in show, and that's coming up tomorrow night as well, 7 o'clock. We're going to have both those games right here, both those shows right here on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. And unfortunately, we're not going to have baseball. The series ended early, so no Thursday night baseball, but we do have Thursday night football. So tomorrow, Doc Holiday show, Inside Herd Athletics, Thursday night football right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, Thundering Herd and Old Dominion. That's going to be our matchup on Saturday. Good to get back to the Saturday game, and I'm excited to really see Blake LaRusso. This kid has averaged 378 yards plus eight touchdown passes. Old Dominion's passing for 304 yards per game. They're now third in Conference USA. That's 20th in FBS. So these teams uh, Marshall's facing here in the next few weeks are going to be putting the ball up a lot. And I expect LaRusa to throw a lot. I'm also interested in seeing if Alex Thompson knocks off a little bit more of that rust. Here's a guy coming back from an injury. Again, first week, put him out there. He hasn't played. And, all right, I hope it's coming. I hope the potential's there because he got thrown into it, didn't he? And Middle Tennessee came after him. I was really disappointed in just the fact that I felt 
I'm going to go back to what the guys were talking about. A lot of 50-50 chances, 50-50 balls. You can't just coach that. you got to go out there and want that. But I'm a little concerned that La Russa is going to be able to pass on the herd unless Marshall gets a few things cleaned up. Running, I'm not worried. Marshall's only giving up 103 rushing yards per game. That's second in Conference USA, and that's also 11th best nationally. But second in Conference USA, 103 rushing yards per game. That's pretty good. But that's a hallmark of Marshall defense over the last few years. Really good at the run, maybe not so much on the pass. So what are teams going to do? They're going to pass. They're going to pass on Marshall until Marshall can stop the pass. Still, you're going to try to keep Marshall honest. Marshall's going to have to play the run, and teams know that, and they're going to play Marshall where they can exploit them. And I think that's going to be the passing game. Still, we'll see what happens. Uh, Marshall, Old Dominion. Old Dominion's just not been able to put it together. They've not been able to figure out what those intangibles are that separate wins and losses. I mean, they've got a big win, and that's it. Really close in most contests. With the exception, though, I watched that first half. I didn't get to see the entire game. And part of that was, of course, it was streaming. I was watching some other games as well, trying to get as much as I could. And looking at the game, they were there with Florida Atlantic for a while. That ends up to be a 52-33 win for Florida Atlantic. But you beat Virginia Tech, but you lose at Liberty. You lose at FIU. That could have been a win for them. You lose at Charlotte, that could have been a win. You could have beaten East Carolina. All of a sudden, you look at this and erase Liberty. That one's still baffling, but if you beat Liberty and you win that close game with FIU, you win that close game at Charlotte, you win that close game at East Carolina, and of course, you still get Virginia Tech, all of a sudden, maybe FAU's your first loss. And this team is right in the thick of it. Instead, they're going to be fighting for their lives. They've got Marshall, which I think is going to be a tougher contest than maybe some Herd fans would like to hear. Western Kentucky is going to be, that could be a winnable game for them. North Texas, not so much. Middle, I don't know. North Texas and middle. Those are the roadblocks on Old Dominion's schedule. Marshall, I think, is going to be really tight. VMI should be a winnable game. And then Rice. So really you got to get this one, then you get the Western Kentucky game if you're Old Dominion, and then you're looking like, okay, we got this thing rolling, and you have to beat Middle, North, Texas, VMI, and Rice. So you're 1-5. And, and so if you beat Marshall, all of a sudden, you're 2-5. And, and then if you beat Western Kentucky, you're 3-5. and five. Beat VMI, you're 4-5. You beat Rice, 5-5. Five and five. All you have to do is get North Texas or middle. That's tough, right? That's tough. Doesn't mean much, though, if they don't beat Marshall. So they're going to be playing with a lot of intensity, I'm sure. All right, we're going to come back and get some of your phone calls in, wrap this one up. The phone number, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. It's The Drive, presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Don't forget, if you ever miss any part of the show, you want to go back and listen to it, or you didn't get a chance to listen to the show live, we are on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is find us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, or wherever you get your podcasts. But 
Everybody goes to Apple Podcasts. It's the granddaddy of them all, but you can also find us online by going to our website, wrvc.com. You can stream the program live by listening to us when we go on the air or when we post the podcast, you can listen to the show there. So you've got several options, WRVC and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Radio is a great alternative as well. Tune in, great alternative. We are on wherever you get your podcast. So Marshall and Old Dominion coming up on Saturday. 3.30 is going to be kick time, approximately. We're going to go on the air at 12.30. Going to be live at Roosters, Pullman Square, and Huntington. So I invite you to come on out and watch the game with us. And, of course, Roosters is a fun casual joint. And you can, I'm telling you, you can find something on a budget there. It is not expensive to eat at Roosters. If you're looking just to spend a few dollars, watch the game. You can bring your family and you'd be all right. I'm telling you, trust me. And I tried the burrito. They've got this new burrito. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try this, see what this is like. And that thing is big. If you like burritos, there you go. There is a great option for you. So come on out. We will be there starting at 1230 for the game. And, of course, if you can't make it out, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog, where I understand Randy Johnson from The Dog is going to be with us on Saturday. So come on out. We invite you to be with us to catch the Thundering Herd and the Old Dominion Monarchs. Looking forward to it. This is a fun one. For the rest of the schedule, I think the only ones that I don't know if it's going to be a fun one or not and that, again, depends on how the herd season's going at this point. I think UTSA is going to be interesting. Charlotte, of course, I like playing Charlotte. Southern Miss, you got to play Southern Miss. That's That just needs to be on Marshall's schedule. Marshall and Southern Miss, those schools make sense with each other. FIU, FIU, that might be the team that you're either battling with for the conference championship on the east side, or you're trying to play spoiler there. We're going to find out more. FIU and Middle, when those two teams play, we're going to find out where this conference division is going because when those two teams play, it's going to be pivotal. Somebody's going to take a commanding lead here or at least put themselves in a position where they're going to be the one in charge of the East Division until otherwise beaten. And with Middle sitting at 3-2 and and 2-0 and in league, and FIU sitting at 3-2 and and 1-0 and in league. If FIU wins, they're 2-0, and and they've got the tiebreaker on middle, which will then be 2-1. and FIU will then have to be the team that loses a couple of times for middle to win. Marshall's hoping that middle gets beat and then gets beat again. That's what Marshall's hoping. As you look at the schedule, you hope that middle goes down a couple of times and then FIU's one of those teams and then Marshall can make their way through the rest of these games through ODU, get lucky and beat FAU, because I think FAU is still going to be pretty good coming into Huntington. Beat Southern, beat Charlotte, beat UTSA, and then you get FIU, and if it's Marshall and FIU, one loss each in the conference, then you got something. It's at FIU, so that makes it a little tougher, but you got something here. And after this game on Saturday, You've got three of the last five at home with FAU at home, Southern Miss on the road, and then you've got two games in a row with Charlotte and UTSA. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if you're looking at scenarios, here's how it plays out. You want middle to lose against FIU. That's 
ultimately your goal. You want to see FIU sitting on top of the league at the moment. And then when you look at middle, you think, all right, Marshall, take care of business. And then you go down that middle schedule and think, where's the next loss? FIU could be one. And then you're looking and you think, okay, it might not be Charlotte. ODU could be a team to contend with. It's not going to be UTEP. Western Kentucky, I don't know. That, that series, that rivalry, stranger things could happen. And you then look at UAB. By the way, UAB 4-1, 2-0 in the West Division. UAB, a team that lost football, and then the fans made sure that their voices were heard. They're right now getting ready for Rice, which is 1-5, 0-2 in league play. UAB has a nice shot here at becoming bowl eligible quickly and then taking a lead in the Conference USA West Division, and they could be at a point where they could be the West champion. And all of a sudden, the program that had to rebuild itself coming back from not having football is your West Division champion, playing possibly middle, FIU, maybe FAU. A lot of fans hope Marshall for the East Division. It all gets settled on Saturday, and we got more of this coming up tomorrow. I want to thank our producer, Gabriel Sellers. Also, I want to thank my guest for coming on the program today, Ted Alexander, the voice of Old Dominion. I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Until then, good night, everyone. station.